Welcome to the Nova Nation podcast. I'm your host, Rob Logan, along with my good friend, Chris Merle. On this episode, we will be talking about Shadiq Bey and his decision to enter the NBA draft, and we will talk Jay Wright and his decision to stay at Nova. Good or bad move? Listen up. Go Nova. All righty, let's start talking about Shadiq Bey. Uh, him leaving Villanova to go into the NBA draft, uh, it's really not a shock to anyone. But my first question to you, Chris, is was it a good move or a bad move for him to leave college? Um, Rob, I, I, ultimately, I, th- I think it's a good move. Um, he certainly maximizes maximize his potential last year. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see him in the postseason, but I thought he played very well. And uh, looking at the landscape, the NBA draft this year, a lot of the draft uh, experts and draft Knicks uh, claiming that this is probably one of the weaker drafts in memory. So I, th- I think it's a good move for him to come out this year. Uh, could he have maybe – maximized his draft status by having a great year next year on a good team. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, but I think the draft will be a little stronger in uh, 21. So at this point, I think he's, he's making a, he's making a good move. All right. Well, you know what? We don't normally disagree, but I'm going to totally disagree with you. And here's the reason why. Okay. His freshman, his freshman year, he averaged eight points a game, right? Sophomore year, he averages 16. So that's an average for his career at Villanova of 11, about 11 points, right? Mm-hmm. Dave Wright's history and his biggest attribute is the development of players. Players get better in his system. Look at Ryan Archie Arachino. Look at Dalen Brunson. Look at Bridges. Look at Pascal. Look at Booth. I can rattle off name after name of players who every single year got better and better in Day Wright's system. So, if right now he's projected to be, and and that'll we'll kind of segue into that uh, in a little bit. But he's right. Mm-hmm. He's projected to be that late, that late lottery pick, maybe maybe a little bit later, right? Don't tell me that if he comes back this year, they are a stacked team. They're preseason either one, two, or three. They're going to go, you think, deep into uh, NCAA tournament, possibly, you think. possibly even to a Final Four. You can't tell me with all that, all that on him and that season, and if he leads this team – his draft position would drastically, drastically increase. I mean, we're talking either, uh, you know, second, third pick, and that is a big difference just from a contract standpoint of being a second or third pick as opposed to being a 14th, 15th, or 16th pick. Right. I mean, that, and, and... that's the history. I mean, look at the history. Look at Brunson. Brunson is a great example. Comes back his senior year, wins player of the year. Correct. Um, the only thing with Bay, as far as 
the scouting community, they're concerned about two things with him. One is that he is a good wing shooter, and that's what he's going to be in the NBA. He's going to be a – he's six foot eight. He's long. He's got length. He's going to be a prototypical the three and D type guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put the ball on the floor, and he really is not going to be able to post anybody up. He's a, he's a good defender, not a, not a great defender. And I just think that maybe the scouting community doesn't hold him as a, in the highest regard as we might as an overall player. So that's okay, why but, I think. But, but Chris, ahead. but coming back for another year at Villanova and developing, you know, some ball handling, developing into a better defender. Don't you think that those same scouts are going to be like, hmm, now we have a little bit of a track record with this, with, with this guy. He's not only did it for one year, but now he's did it. You know, he's he's done this for two years. Wow, he's really becoming and has that much more potential. It, it's certainly possible, but if you're talking about a stronger draft next year and, and teams that are looking for uh, franchise cornerstone type players, I don't think he's that. I, I think he's a good number two guy on a playoff team and uh, I looked at uh, another mock came out today from the ringer so I looked mm-hmm. at three CBS sports and draft site both have him ironically going number 16 to Portland okay. I think he'd be a perfect fit there and uh, the ringer today had him going 18th to the Dallas Mavericks and their rationale was uh, in their playoff series against the Clippers there were times when they would have a smaller player matched up on defense and have to guard Kawhi. And they said that with Bay's length, he would be a good fit on that team. And I, I tend to agree. And I think that's sort of his fit in, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, uh, you know, we can, and we can start talking about, you know, where do we think he's going to go? I mean, I've seen, I've seen some reports have him possibly go into a Sacramento um, uh, you know, San Antonio, uh, you know, that would have been a better pick if, you know, if things were a little bit different there. Um, sure. you know, there's New Orleans, which is a up and coming team. I uh, got some great young players there, uh, you know, could use defense. So, I mean, anywhere in there, the one team that this, this kid cannot go to being a Sixers fan is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> and they're sitting there at 14. Right. And I, I mean, I know from a physical standpoint, he kind of does match up along the lines as a Jason Tatum. Yeah, they're very similar. But he's not as athletic as Tatum, but, but similar build. But as a as a good defender, wingspan and can shoot the three, if he ends up at Boston, uh, that's going to be the end of me. (laughs) That certainly wouldn't be uh, the dream of any Sixers fan, I'll tell you that. But uh, he'd be a really good fit there, and uh, they lack some length. Um, I think – I don't know Gordon Hayward's contract situation, but uh, he – I don't know if he would be an immediate starter on that team. But he'd be—he'd sure as hell be great coming off the bench, and uh, he he can shoot, and 
he's a perfect fit in the uh, modern NBA. All right, so he he declared for the draft. He's in the draft whenever the draft is going to be. Now there's rumors it could be November. You know who knows. Uh, but right. when that draft does happen, let's let's just say, and you know, just to have a little dialogue, what would his impact have been if he did stay on this team this year? Wow. Well, I think you said it earlier. They're they're probably a top five team as constructed now. With him coming back, I mean, I don't see it, certainly another team in the Big East that's as good as them. And I think nationally, they'd be as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about a team that can make a deep run, you know, sweet 16 minimum. I mean, you know, this, people forget. I mean, I, he, you know, he's six foot eight. He's about 220 pounds. I mean, he's put together. People forget that he was only a sophomore last year, I, I think, you know, and, and people forget that he was only, you know, at Villanova for the past two years. Um, it, it just seems right. like he's been there for some reason. It just seems like he's been there longer in that program um, to me, you know, like when I think of Bay, I'm like, ah, you know, kind of like a, like that veteran veteran type player. And I'm like, wow, really? He's only a sophomore, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I mean, that's, that's a lot. This is a lot for him. I mean, you know, I, I don't know, uh, from a standpoint of, of being the leader or anything like that. I'm, I'm not sure, uh, if he, if he went down that road, but he was to me, the go-to guy, the go-to stopper. I mean, if you looked at the, I remember, you know, a couple games last year before the, the whole pandemic, the pandemic. Uh, shut everything down. Um, end of the game, when the other team had the ball and there was, you know, time was running out and it was that final shot, he was always the guy guarding the ball. So, you know, you know, you know Wright had, had faith in him. Um, and he, if he was back, this team I, would have to be the number one ranked team. I mean, I, I know Gonzaga is still out there, but you can't tell me that right. five that would go out on that floor um, would just would be head and shoulders to me above above anybody. Oh no, they they'd be it'd be a terrific team. I still think they're good, even with him not there. But uh, oh, yeah. with him there, yeah, with with him there, they they'd definitely be uh, they'd be one of the favorites to win it all, I'm sure. And, you know, and here's the thing, like, I, I guess if, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a different mold than a lot of these players nowadays. I mean, obviously it's a totally different generation, but if I was there and if I was Bay and, you know, I had the skills, my season was cut short. Um, I would come back just because I would want the opportunity to win that title. To me, winning that title for my school would be just as important as where I would end up in the draft. I mean, hey, yeah, I mean, you're you're right, especially there, right. especially at Villanova. Yeah, um, and it seemed like you had guys there like Brunson, like Arch, who 
you know, that, that that's how they work. They wanted to come back to win again and to win those titles, you know? And by all accounts, I think both of those guys were great kids. Um, like you said, I don't know much about Bay. Um, what kind of, what kind of person he is off the floor and, uh, things like that. But, uh, usually when, when Jay Wright gets him in the program, he's recruiting a certain type of kid that is buying into the team mentality. And, um, like you said before about Brunson, Archie Diacono, you know, these kids were four year starters, studs on and off the court. So it would have been great for, for Bay to come back and, uh, make a run, but, Merle, Yo. let, me ask you, let me ask you one more thing Sure. about Bay. Um, if, I, I mean, I understand, you know, you, you got to kind of strike when you were coming off that, that big year. And, I mean, he probably had, a, you know, by stats and, and, and the way he played, an incredible year. Um, my only comparison to that, though, is like somebody like Dante DiVincenzo. And right. I, I, we've had a conversation about Dante, um, you know, good player. And, and this will kind of segue into my next question to you. But, okay. um, you know, is he going to be that comparable to somebody like Dante? Or is he going to be comparable to somebody – who, you know, I think is, uh, you know, in that next level, whether it be Brunson or Pascal or, um, you know, Bridges. I, I think with the situation with DiVincenzo, again, like you said, he, he struck when the iron was hot. Um, mm-hmm. He's coming off that great run he had in the tournament. Uh, good athlete explosive as far as being in the league uh, at the next level the style that he plays is with the three and D type mentality that a lot of teams play and he went to a team that certainly plays that way this sort of inside out game they have a superior in- interior player they need guys out on the perimeter I don't know if DiVincenzo is a consistent enough three-point shooter to make an impact to where he's going to get a lot of minutes on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he's also, he's what, 6'4"? Yes. Okay. Whereas a guy like Bay is six foot eight. He's a better, he's longer, he's a better wing defender. And I think he's going to be a, a more consistent three-point shooter where he might not be as explosive enough off the dribble like DiVincenzo was. But right. hey, he, he might be a better fit as a rotational guy in the NBA, if that makes right. sense. Right, it does. It does. So, in your opinion, and this is strictly opinion, mm-hmm. who do you think is the best Villanova player in the NBA right now? Well, I mean, we ha- we have to say Kyle Lowry, right? Right, right. I mean, yeah. right. Okay. You with everything going on, and playoffs and the bubble, yes, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. But that's the obvious choice. Who do you think yes. is the next next in line? And maybe who has the most potential to be that next Kyle Lowry? Okay. Well, if you're asking me who's the best right now based on last year's play, you have to mm-hmm. say Pascal. 
Okay. He, he got a good, he got a really nice opportunity to play this year with the Warriors and he made the most of his minutes who I think might have the most potential down the line. I have to say bridges because he's just really, really talented. Uh, I know he hasn't shown it yet. Uh, that team is not good. I don't know if that mm-hmm. this situation is affecting his play. And, you know, Brunson, I think is going to be good too, but he had some injury issues and he's, he's in a, really good situation on the, on the flip side of uh, bridges. So right, right. now I, I'd have to say Pascal, but you know, maybe bridges or Brunson kind of take it to take the next step to the next level. Right. Well, I mean, everybody under, you know, under Kyle Lowry are, are coming off the bench pretty much. Um, I, I, I like Jalen Brunson myself. Uh, I think he is on a, a very good team and, I just like his style of play. Um, it's just, it's just great. You know, he, he sees the floor. He can, he can, he can post people up. He can kind of be um, a little bit more, um, you know, underneath and he likes to bang around and everything like that. Um, I definitely think he's, he's got the potential. And I also, like you said, I, I think Pascal has, has the potential. Well, I mean, he, he had a, what, a 40-plus point game that he came off of uh, mm-hmm. this past year. So um, those two guys are definitely, I think, the guys that are ready to take the next step. And, and, and we'll, see where, we'll see where Bay goes. Yeah, I agree. You know, if he goes to a team where he can, he can play that style, be the 3 and D guy, I think he'll do, he'll do well. Yep, I, I think so too. The iHeartRadio app provides your music, your stations, and is rated number one for podcasts. Stream unlimited music, thousands of live radio stations, podcasts, and playlists for any mood or activity all in one app. The iHeartRadio app is easy to use, and best of all, it's free. Download the iHeartRadio app and start listening to your favorite live radio stations, podcasts, and music playlists today. All right, let's talk a little Jay Wright. Uh, Jay Wright has been in the news the last couple of weeks uh, concerning a possible job opening with the Sixers. And he, within a few days of the Sixers terminating Brett Brown, he came out with a statement saying that he was not going to be in consideration to be the coach of the Sixers, basically taking himself out of the game. Right. Chris, good move or bad move to not be the coach of the Sixers? Um, I, I think it's a good move for him to stay. And I think it was a good move to put out the statement to end any of the possible speculation. Um, he's a perfect fit where he is. Uh, he's been tremendous for the program. He's a tremendous on the court coach. Uh, I know the NBA game, uh, can pay a lot of money, maybe sometimes more than what certain universities are willing to pay. I don't know Wright's contract, uh, situation, but, um, I think 
it's a no-brainer to just stay where he is. I, I think he's one of the highest-paid college coaches right now. Okay. Um, I, I know he ranks up there, I think, from his last contract uh, that was signed. Um, what if he did go to the Sixers, though? Would he be successful as a coach uh, of the Sixers? I think he would if – I don't know about with the roster the way it's currently constructed. I think there's issues there. And they have issues with the salary cap. But I think if he was allowed time, if they would have some patience, I think eventually he'd be successful because he's just so good. But um, I don't know if management would allow him that period to where he could turn things over and, and build it the way he wants to build it. Right. I mean, do you have faith in the management? Uh, and I, when I mean management, I mean general manager and above to compile a team for him to coach. No, I don't. Um, I don't mean to sound negative. Sorry, Sixers fans. Um, uh, I'm not happy with um, – I, I think they made a huge tactical error bringing in uh, an old Al Horford when you have your two superstars are pretty much – interior players let's be honest Ben Simmons is a ball handler and he's great but he can't shoot and won't shoot and Embiid is a pure center so when you bring Horford into the mix I I don't see I don't see the fit there and now you're stuck with his contract which is basically untradeable at this point so Mm -hmm. you know Wright comes into that situation you know I, I don't know how close they are to, to, to winning, you know, even with a good as coach as him. Right. And I mean, there's, there's two things. I, I, I think there's two things if you want, you know, my opinion, number one, there's a big difference coaching college kids that you went out and recruited yourself to bring into your program and, you know, to coach them as opposed to the pro player. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's that's huge. Um, well, there's and, a recent example. There's a recent example of that that just failed. John Beeline left Michigan. John Beeline left Michigan. Okay, and he built that program into right. a, a really good program. For whatever reasons, he left to go to Cleveland without LeBron. So they were in a pure rebuild mode. Yep. And there were issues within a few months, and part of it was the college mentality coach fitting in with the pro athlete mm-hmm. and I don't even think he lasted a season so right. no, he, he didn't he didn't last a season and right I don't think I don't I don't think that the Sixers would do that to Jay Wright um no. be, just because of you know his stature in this area uh I, I think they would have to I mean that would really hurt their fan base big time um, by doing that, but you know, coaching the two different players is 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 big, and the fact that you know, I don't think he would have the control to get the players that he wants to fit his style of play. No, he he would um, not. No, he would not. And 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 I mean, you can as far as what I see from Elton Brand, I, I got to be honest. I don't think he even has 
in his own mindset, a style of play that he wants to play um, just based upon who he's bought out and got, you know? Right. Um, so I, I definitely think staying where he is, is, is really, I mean, I, I think that's really the only choice. I mean, he's got it really good up there. And um, I mean, obviously the team has potential, but, what 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 do you think is Jay Wright's biggest attribute to the Nova program? Well, besides being a, like a good tactical on the court coach, I think he just has a level of consistency that um, very few programs have, and he does it without getting the five star recruits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's ever had a, a recruiting class in the top 20 and now he's had yeah. some, he's had some big guys. I mean, obviously bridges and uh, Antoine from Jersey, mm-hmm. but uh, as a whole, I think Brunson Brunson was a pretty, uh, was a pretty uh, sought after recruit, but as a whole, he does more with less and does it at a really high level. And he, what, what's he missed the tournament twice? Yeah. I mean, that, that's much. amazing. That, 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 that's incredible. So, yeah, I mean, I, just the level of consistency that they've had, is, it, it's really it's, – it's, it's been incredible. Right. I, I, I think the, the two biggest things with Jay Wright, you, you said it, the consistency to every single year put a team out there that plays the way he wants to play. And, you know, they have the, the same mentality and attitude that he has – um, and to get them to play that way and buy in as a coach is huge. But, and, you know, I, I say this all the time when anybody asks me anything about Jay Wright, I, I think it's the development of the players. He takes, like you said, he, he doesn't have these high five-star ranked players coming in. He's got good players that he brings in. And they all seem to every single year from freshman to sophomore to, you know, whatever they play every single year, they seem to get better. They, they just, it's development and, you know, however he's teaching them, however they're buying into the program and and listening to him, you know, you, you know, my son, if my son goes to Villanova and is a freshman at Villanova, I know that he is going to get better by the time he's a senior. You just know that with Jay Wright, you know, and and you know what you talk about player development. He's done a really really good job with guards. Yes, I mean they've had great guard play, and I know that's in kind of an old saying. Uh, you know, you and I aren't exactly the youngest guys, so we've been watching college basketball a very long time. There's an old trope that they always bring out every year in the tournament. Well, guard play, great guard play, usually lets you go far in the tournament. And mm-hmm. maybe there is something to that because they've really had point guards and, and shooters. They've been just terrific, you know, Oh yeah, for, yeah. for a long I time. Mean, yeah. I mean, as far as, I mean, you can go back to Kyle Lowry, you know, Scotty Reynolds, Scotty Reynolds, you know, you, Hart. Hart, you, get, you, you know, there, you know, Kittles, Kerry Kittles was another great, you know, guard shooting guard. Uh, was he? Was yeah. he? He was under lap. He was under Lapis, though. I think, right? 
Well, I thought there was like an overlap with them too. It might have been. I uh, Hart Hart was under uh, Jay Wright. Yeah, Josh Hart. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, that's another one too. I mean, it's it's to me that's what sets him apart in my eyes from other coaches. And I mean, other coaches, yes, you know, they they get wins. And my next question is about other coaches. So, all right, um, let's do it. But where do you think Jay Wright ranks with the greats? of NCAA Division One basketball coaches. Mm. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Yep. Okay. I have them way up there. Okay. It's 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 difficult. <laughs> well, okay. You, there's obviously for me, but there's one obvious obviously Shashevsky is, you know, the GOAT. Coach okay. K. Right. Yes. Five, five rings, twelve final fours. So we'll just leave him out of this. But then you start to go down the list. I mean, wow, Roy Williams is, you know, maybe he doesn't get enough enough due. He's got three, mm-hmm. nine final fours. He, he won the a- ACC nine times, and he's won the Big 12 when he was with Kansas four times. So he's tremendous. Um, now you start to get in the other – like Jay Wright has two rings, okay? However – some of these other guys that are been going at it a long, long time, I mean, they've just have great, great tradition wins. You know, Jimmy Behan has been there 40 years in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only won it once. That was the year with uh, Carmelo. Answer, he's, been yeah. to f- he's been to five Final Fours, and he's been to a Final Four in each, in each decade. He went That's pretty cool. The, he went in the 80s. He went in the 90s, he went in the 2000s, and he's been in the 2010s. So wow. that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, and he's won the Big East 10 times. Now, I think the move to the ACC <clears throat> has hurt, hurt them in a bit. So maybe his time has come and gone. Um, another guy, Tom Izzo at Michigan State, right? He only has mm-hmm. one title. He only has one title also, but he's been to the Final Four eight times. And he's won the Big Ten, which is is a very good conference. He's won it ten times, and wow. he remi- he reminds me a lot of Wright in the fact that uh, he's not getting big time recruits there either. He has had a few, but you know right. you look at you look at their point guard uh, Cassius uh, Winston, yes. right? Four year mm-hmm. guy, you know, plays his heart out, everything you want, you know, like that's the type of kid that would be like a Villanova player. Um, and then a guy that isn't the most popular, John Calipari. He's the opposite mm-hmm. of those. He gets <laughs> he gets the five stars. He gets the one and dones. He's won one title, six Final Fours, uh, with ironically with three different teams. Okay, people forget he brought UMass to the Final Four. That's an accomplishment in itself. Uh, he's won the SEC six times. He's won Conference USA five times when he was at Memphis. And then he won the A-10 with UMass five times. So for all everyone likes to knock on him, he's, he's a tremendous coach. Now, do you want to now, put Jay, you want to put right ahead of Bayheim at this point and Izzo? Hmm, okay. I, I, I could but, see it in the future. You know, Tom Izzo might not ever win another title at Michigan State. 
Bayheim right. probably won't win again at Syracuse. He's seventy. Right. He's like seventy-four years old or something like that. So I could see right passing them, but Cal Perry, boy, I, I don't know, man. I I I know he gets a higher level of player, but there's something to be said for getting those kids to play, even though they're some of them are only going to be there for a season. He gets them to buy right. in. So right. you know. No, no. Now, now let me just we're we're talking we're talking active coaching right now we're not you know we're not we're, we're not going back and talking no. about no like john, john wooden Wooden's and all that <laughs> right 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 yeah so that's way too much of a of, but you know i i i think you know coach k is definitely and you know if you want to put roy williams in that upper tier um I can kind of go with that. Um, Coach K, though, I mean, recently has gotten more and more of the five-star one-and-dones. He has. Uh, He's transitioned. Last, He's absolutely last, transitioned. Yes. Right. And, and to me, I, I think, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the one-and-dones. Um, you know, that's always been the knock on, on Calipari. Um, so – yeah, over the last couple of years, yes, he's getting a lot of wins, but you know, it's but he's definitely he's definitely in that upper tier. So that below that second tier below, I, I think you're right. I, I think Jay Wright's in that tier, the Tom Mizzos, um, you know, the um the Calipari's. I, I think they're right there. I mean, some of them have more wins than others. I mean, Calipari has 775 wins yes you know i mean yeah he he's gonna i mean he's he's you know i want i don't want to say young but he's gonna be around for a while he he can get to a thousand wins i think he's only i think he's only 60 yeah yeah Um, you know um, another i'll tell you another guy um if he were to win again you would have to put him in jay wright's company and that's bill self at kansas Yes, he's got, he's got one ring. Okay, he's got a title, three Final Fours. He has won the Big Twelve eight times. Now, granted, they're dominant in that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was at Illinois, he won the Big Ten twice. What has Illinois done since he's left? Right. No, they're you know what I mean. They, that guy. He's he's a terrific coach. And then I know another guy who's never won. Uh, is 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 few out in uh, Gonzaga, Mark Few. Yep, he's been he's only been to one Final Four. He's won his conference sixteen times. Mm-hmm. Sixteen, yeah. and again, I, I know they're I know they're by far the best team, and they do they get a higher level of recruit, but uh, his his level of consistency has been awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, it, and and Bennett's another one too at Virginia. Yes, absolutely. And he's he's younger also. He's in his fifties. Um, and Virginia is not an easy place to recruit because of the academic uh, standards. Um, and also, you're playing North Carolina and Duke. Yeah, and ACC. Yep. Murderers Row. Yeah. So, um, what he's been able to do there has been you know pretty pretty great too. But I put Wright ahead of them right now because Wright obviously has the two titles. Um, right. But if Bill Self were to win another one, then he's got to be in that conversation too, I would think. Mm-hmm. Now, Jay Wright, born 1961. 
He's been uh, coaching for 26 years. He had a couple <clears throat> couple of years there at Hofstra before joining Villanova. What he made the tournament made the tournament with Hofstra, correct? Twice. 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 Yeah. Their last last two years at Hofstra, he, they made the tournament. What do you think is the future potential of Jay Wright? Where do you think he'll end up? Um, will there be a Jay Wright in that first tier with Coach K and Roy Williams? Wow. I, I think the potential's there. Uh, barring any conference realignment that might put bring different teams into the Big East or if Villanova were to join another conference where it might be more difficult and, and recruiting would change and things like that. But if, if he stays, you know, he's 59, if, if he coaches for, you know, another 15 years at least, I mean, he's in, he's in that top five, absolutely. I, I would think, you know, with everything kind of heading in that direction of, in the program that he's already built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's been, Jay Wright, 16 16 years and he he's made the NCAA tournament all right three final fours two championships he's got yeah. almost he's got an almost 70% win loss percentage record um, yes a- absolutely you know so i mean I, I definitely think with what he does for the program i mean we talked about it um, how he development, you know, develops his players, how he can go out and, and really recruit the players that he wants into his program. Uh, I, I see him, you know, he, he's going to be up there with, with those two in that upper tier. I think it's when it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no negative things to say. The only, I wonder if, the only thing that makes me think hypothetically if the old big East with Syracuse, UConn, the way it was previously constructed, if that would have remained, if it would have been a little tougher to get to where they are now, that's the only thing that, you know, but that's neither here nor there because it didn't happen. But I'd always wondered that, um, you know, and they've also benefited from other programs like Georgetown and St. John's have really not been to what they have been in the past. Right. Well, and, and they've forget. just totally dominated. Right. Don't forget, though, uh, UConn does come back to the Big East this year. That's true. I forgot about that. They they are coming back. Yes. They. Yeah, uh, so. Yes. So it's they, it's. It's going to be a better competition, definitely. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's going to only help uh, in the long run. Um, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, UConn has had some issues with finances and things like that, uh, the, the university. Um, I know their football program kind of drained a lot of their athletic budget. Mm-hmm. And that was like their big reason why they had to get out of the uh, All-American Conference. Right. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about they had teams in Texas. So I can't imagine what their travel budget was. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you know, I, I think even – isn't Tulsa in that league too? What? I, I, what? In the AAC? I think it was Tulsa, yeah. SM, SMU, uh, Houston. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about some uh, trips halfway across the country. So, for yeah. UConn, I think – yeah, it'll, it'll definitely benefit uh, – It'll benefit them. And look, Villanova's conference now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not a good conference. I mean, you have teams like Xavier, Creighton. Marquette. Um, Marquette. I mean, these are all big-time big, big time programs now. So that's one benefit of the one-and-done is that in the past, the five-star kids would stay for three years at the bigger universities. You wouldn't get to see Marquette's and Xavier's programs bubble up like they have been. So – in in a sense, it's been it's been good for the what they call the mid majors. I I I totally agree with you on that one. You're that is you're right on point with that man. Definitely. Yeah. Are you looking for an expert advertising agency? If so, the Ryan James Agency will set you on a path to success. They are supremely creative thinkers with a future-focused approach. At the Ryan James Agency, they leverage their creative power with strategic digital marketing and advertising experience to demand results for their clients. Great results come from great creativity, no matter what the medium. That's the bottom line that raises your bottom line. Check them out at ryanjamesagency.com. What's up, Nova Nation? If you have any questions that you would like to have answered or discussed on the show, email us at the Nova Nation Podcast at gmail.com.